Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode eight, where today we're going to be talking some NHL and NBA playoffs. And we're also going to be covering the NCAA Division I lacrosse championships that are taking place this weekend. Uh, John, I know you're really excited to get to that one. Um, being from Maryland, so I know lacrosse is really big for you up there. Very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I'm excited to get into that. Uh, I had a lot of fun researching lacrosse. Um, you know, my knowledge is not not quite there, but had a good time uh, had a good time researching it, and I think I learned learned quite a bit. Uh, but we're going to start off with a little bit of current news stuff that's uh, popped up. You know, in the last week or so, uh, I want to start off with a story that I read the other day about a poker pro named Corey Zeidman who was arrested and charged with fraud and money laundering in a $25 million sports betting scheme. Uh, Basically, the story goes, him and his co-conspirators told victims that they they had privileged information um, that made betting on games basically a no-risk scenario. Uh, They placed fake radio ads. Uh, They even claimed that they had um, information about fixed games from physicians at colleges, TV executives, um, and then they required the victims to pay a fee in order to get this information. Um, and in, like I said, in total, it was about a $25 million scheme. And it just, it's crazy to me that people actually believed that this was a real thing. And the fact that they made so much money off of it tells me that this happens a lot more than we probably think. Uh, there's 100%. probably... Um, did they mention any big names? I'm really curious if any, uh, any, the only name that was mentioned was the poker pro Corey Zeidman. Um, he's had a, I think he, they said he had a bracelet in the 2012 world series of poker. Uh, so okay. he's been around for a while. Um, but he was the only name that I actually seen listed in the story, but it, it just got me to thinking, you know, how often is this happening out there with people and companies and things like that? Just getting information from, college physicians and television executives and who knows who else to get information about fixed games. I mean, it, how, how often do you think that that happens? Well, I mean, it's the way of the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. You know, it's uh, it's just one of them things. Like I said, it just kind of, kind of blew my mind that it's actually something that's real and out there. Everyone's looking for that edge. Everyone wants yeah. that advantage. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're playing in sports, betting on sports um, your job, life, everyone wants that, everyone wants that edge, that advantage. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, they made, like I said, they made $25 million over the course of, I think it was about nine years. And, uh, he's looking at some, some serious prison time. Uh, but something else I seen to, um, Michelle, Wee West, uh, most of you probably know her as Michelle. Wee. announced that she's retiring from golf after next weekend's women's open. Some of you may have heard of the name. Uh, she was the youngest woman ever to qualify for an LPGA event. Yeah, it was back in 2013. Uh, she was only 13 years old. You know, so I remember she was uh, the girl Tiger Woods. Basically, yeah, she she was getting compared a lot to Tiger on the you know being the female Tiger on that side. And it, I just I remember hearing a lot about her um, back in the, around the time that she was getting getting popular. You know, we were about the same age. She's only a few months older than I am, and I just I remember hearing a lot about her. And it's it's crazy to think that you know she's at that point in her life where she's retiring. Um, because like I said, I remember her getting into golf and qualifying for that LPGA event and it being such a big deal. Um, but I do wish her all the best. She, uh, she was a heck of a golfer. Um, 
and I'm excited to see what else she's going to do in life. Uh, she did announce that she's going to plan on playing next year's Women's Open. That's going to be at TPC Sawgrass. So that'll be fun, something to look forward to. Uh, but sticking with golf, also last weekend, uh, we had another legend playing. Tiger Woods uh, actually withdrew from the PGA Championship after three rounds, went plus four, one under, plus nine. And honestly, he just, he really seemed to be hurting throughout the weekend. He was he limping. Was. He was limping a lot on Thursday. It got worse throughout the weekend. Um, at one point, he, he, hit a shot and his spike, his shoe spike stuck into the ground and his leg didn't fully rotate. And he kind of, kind of, you know, focused on that a little bit afterwards. And it, it, you could tell it was really starting to bother him, but I will say the weather did no one, including him any favors. I mean, no, the weather was absolutely terrible. Yeah. The weather was absolutely terrible. The wind, it was cold. I think Rory said that he, he didn't remember the last time he had that many layers on for, for a golf event. So, you know, really something that obviously didn't help the situation with Tiger. Since we're on the topic of when, though, I am curious if golf will ever, and just a random thought, they ever come out with the technology to where the ball won't be affected by wind and, you know, who would be for that or if golfers or, you know, your, your golf truthers would be, no, that's part of the game. So just, just a thought. I was, I, was, I was thinking about that the other day watching that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think what most of it has to do with is the – the air temperature. I know in, in warmer weather, the golf ball is going to fly a lot further uh, in, than in cold weather. So if it's 50 or 60 degrees, the ball's not going to go nearly as far as it would if it were 80 or 90 degrees. I, I don't know that that'd be interesting. I don't know if they could come up with a technology that would affect the, the temperature outside and how, you know, the golf ball being affected by that, but something to do with the wind. I feel like that's definitely going to be something that comes around in the future. One more thing I wanted to say about Tiger Woods, you know, I I really hope that he can get healthy enough to be competitive again someday. Uh, unfortunately, I don't personally see that happening. I I feel like if it was going to happen, it would have happened this tournament, being that it was a much slightly easier course. Um, like you said, the weather could have had a lot to do with it too. I don't know, but just from what I've seen and from what I've seen of Tiger in the past, I personally don't see it happening, uh, which is unfortunate. But I hope. You know, I hope he proves me wrong, but it's one of those things, you know, you don't ever, you don't ever count out the goats. You know, Adrian Peterson came back from that ACL and. And I'm going to disagree with you a little bit just because I think he tried to come back. Um, You know, we're not doctors. Maybe it was too soon. Maybe it was just, you know, you, you don't know until you get out there and go. But if I recall, the man was dealing with a lot of injuries a couple of years ago before he shocked everyone and won the Masters tournament. So. I wouldn't count him out. I think he shines the brightest when the lights are the brightest. So me personally, I'm very interested to see not what he does, you know, with the rest of the season, but next year's Masters. I think getting a full, you know, go of it, getting used to it, still ongoing therapy. I, I won't be shocked to see him at the top again, at least in the majors. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. Like I said, I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, one one last thing, though, that I did want to touch on. Uh, it's not quite sports news related, uh, but it is something that I wanted to mention. Um, there's a new sports movie coming out on Netflix starring Adam Sandler. It's coming out June 8th called Hustle. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but it's also starring... Um, I have. Yeah, Juancho Hernan Gomez of the Utah Jazz. He's going to be one of the main characters in it. Basically, the story goes, Adam Sandler plays a washed-up scout uh, that discovers a phenomenal streetball player who is played by Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, an actual NBA player. 
um, while he's in Spain and he sees it as sees him as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Now it's going to be another, looks like another serious role by Adam Sandler. Uh, so if any of you seen uncut gems that starred Kevin Garnett, excellent movie. Adam Sandler was terrific in it. Uh, this movie's I'm also going to star. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at how good Adam Sandler was able to play that serious of a role in uncut gems. He was, uh, he, he was absolutely phenomenal amazing. in he that. And absolutely it just amazing. goes to show how, how good, how versatile of an actor he is. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, like I said, this movie is also going to star former NBA players, current NBA players, such as uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, who you see on TNT um, covering the NBA, Anthony Edwards, Seth Curry, Boban, Trey Young. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be in there as well. So it's going to be just full of NBA players. Um, it's going to be a very interesting movie. I definitely recommend everybody check it out. I know I'm going to be checking it out. Uh, previews look great. If you haven't seen the preview, check it out on YouTube. Definitely won't be disappointed. Let's get right into the NHL playoffs. We haven't really talked much about those at all, really. Um, but, you know, better late than never, right? <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with the first series that is already finished up. The Tampa Bay Lightning swept the Florida Panthers 4-0. Lightning looking to complete the three-peat. Uh, they would be the sixth team in history to do it. Toronto did it twice. Montreal did it twice. And the Islanders were the most recent team to do it. They did it from 81 to 83. Uh, they are locked in. They like, are no locked one in. seems to be able to touch them. Yeah, one of the favorites. One of the favorites to win it, along with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And, yeah, I think uh, they've, they've done it twice in a row. And I don't see them not repeating that. You know, I, I, I think they'll get the three-peat done. They definitely are going to have a few tough teams to get through. But I don't think... Uh, I don't think they're going to have too much trouble with it. I think they're, I think they're ready to go favorite, and they have the experience. My personal favorite of the Avalanche is not for you know any stat reason, but um, story came out, whether you agree or disagree, with you know a cheap shot from Kadri, uh, I believe was his name, from the Avalanche, was getting a bunch of death threats, racist remarks, threats, all that, and then came back the next game and put up a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome. Well, let's get into the Avalanche. Um, they're playing the Blues right now, leading the series three to two. The Avs are the betting favorite at all the sports books to win the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay, like I said, right behind them. Avalanche are playing really well. They have one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, uh, Nathan McKinnon. He was the number one pick in 2013. He's just playing outstanding right now in the playoffs. Eight goals, five assists in just nine games one of the top scorers in the entire playoffs, had a hat trick last game to lead his team to victory. I remember when this kid got drafted. He was 17 years old. I he was a very big deal. I believe he, he was, uh, was a huge Bryce deal. Harper. He was the Bryce Harper of hockey at that point. Yeah, yeah, he came in, and yeah, it was right around the time that Bryce Harper was, was getting big and his name was getting out there. And yeah, Nathan McKinnon, there was a lot of hope for him, and it's it's crazy to believe that you know we're in the middle of his prime now and you know, like I said, I remember him coming in as a 17-year-old kid and kind of finding his way around as a as a star player in the league, and he's really blossomed into one of the best players in the NHL, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch with, him. What I'm most impressed with is his consistency. Not so much being an all-star, but he's just very consistent in everything he does, passing, scoring. He's just that 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 player that elevates everyone on their team. Yeah, he does a little bit of everything, and he does it with style too, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but speaking of great players in the NHL, the other series, the Oilers versus the Flames, 
Um, Edmonton leading that three to one. Connor McDavid, star of the Edmonton Oilers, probably such in a, such a beast. My a beast. yeah, my opinion, best player in the NHL. He's leading 100%. the NHL in points in the playoffs right now with twenty five. He's got six goals, nineteen assists. Uh, basically, dishes out an assist every game. It's it's unbelievable. He's just playing out of his mind. Also, a number one pick uh, back in twenty fifteen. You know, two years after McKinnon. So, the two of them leading their teams. You know, in the heart, in the middle of their prime right now. Another interesting fact, though, about the Oilers is they have the top three point scorers in the playoffs right now. In Connor McDavid, I think it's pronounced Drasadel and Evander Kane. So pretty impressive when one team has the top three scores in the playoffs. It's uh, it's going to be hard to beat them. I like the Oilers to advance in that series, um, setting up a potential Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon matchup in the conference finals, which I think would be must-see TV. Even if you're not a hockey fan, just watching McDavid versus McKinnon, probably the two best players in the NHL right now facing off against each other, that matchup potentially could be outstanding. And the final matchup of the NHL playoffs, the Rangers versus the Hurricanes, that series right now tied 2-2. Two to two. Both teams have split the uh, home games that they have had. That's going to seven. That that's, one, that's going seven. I, I agree. I agree. I think that one is flip, going to flip seven. A, flip a coin. Flip a coin. Like, yeah, the only way it doesn't go to seven is if one of the two teams can pick up a road win in these last two. And even then, you know, I, I don't know. I still think it has potential to go to seven, but yeah, that, that series is going to be, is going to be a really close one. And that series has been a lot of fun. I'll call it. It's, it's going seven games. Like there, no, no one team has the edge. You think one team has the edge and the other one comes back. It's, it's going seven. I would agree. I would agree. I would have to say, I, I do believe that the, Carolina Hurricanes are going to win this. My opinion might be slightly biased, uh, considering that the Hurricanes have three former Rockford Icehog players on their team, uh, Artemi <laughs> Panarin, Tavo Teravainen, and Antti Ranta in goal. Tavo's leading the Panthers with 10 points in the playoffs, three goals, seven assists. And Ranta has the best goals against average of any of the goalies that have played at least 10 playoff games. So shout out to those guys. Good luck. I hope you guys can get it done. It's a lot of fun watching guys that I've met personally, uh, had conversations with, and seen play in person. Yeah, it's fun watching them. You know, do really good on the on the biggest stage. So, like For I said, sure. good luck, good For luck sure. to them, and hopefully the Hurricanes can get it done. So, what do we got next on the agenda? I believe we're going to be talking some NBA playoffs now. Oh, I know man, you don't want to get into this game because that, that means you're going to have to <laughs> give me my flowers and all that. Yeah. So. We'll start with the Celtics and the Heat. Uh, Celtics are leading it three to two. Game six is in Boston tomorrow night. There's nothing much to say except I told you. I told you Boston was going to do it. They've the last two games have looked amazing. You know, I the only thing I can say, and I know what your counter is going to be because they've been dealing with it too. But the Heat have been dealing with a lot of injuries. But I mean, to Boston's credit, Tatum is playing out of his mind. Like he is, the man is. cannot be stopped. And for me, I always look for mental edges, not so much stats. So before that game, when Tatum came out and said, "Just because we won, we can't be relaxed. We mm-hmm. we have to go out and execute." 
the fact that the man was all business even after they beat the crap out of the Heat in Game Four, it was it, it was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, and you know I'm not so much sure if it's Boston's playing very well the last couple games or if it's so much the Heat are just not playing well. The Heat only shot 31% in Game Five. Uh, they're shooting just 32% over the last two games total. Celtics compared to the Celtics, 43%. You know, and that comes out to about an extra eight to ten shots made per game. You know, the Heat have only scored 82 and 80 points in the last two games. It it hasn't looked good for him. Jimmy Butler's really really struggled lately. Just 19 points in the last two games. That's believe it or not, tied for fifth most with Tyler Hero over the last couple games. It doesn't help that Hero's been out. So, I mean, he, he has been the X factor for the Heat this playoff run. Yeah, but that's 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 what I'm saying, though. You know, with with Tyler Hero, you know, even with him missing some time, Butler just flat out has not gotten it done. You know, he, he averages over 25 a game, and he's only got 19 in the last two. That's that's tough. The Heat need a, they need well, a so drastic let me change. Ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think Hero being out affects Jimmy Butler's play? I do and I don't. I think it's easier for the defense to hone in on Jimmy Butler with Hero being out. But you got to remember, Hero still comes off the bench. He's still he's still their sixth man. Yes, he plays a lot of minutes, but Jimmy Butler has to has to do better. You can't you can't you know you can't have nineteen points. I agree. Over two I games agree. when you when you're a twenty five a night scorer, and you certainly can't can't be the fourth or fifth highest scorer on your team. You know, you're getting paid the big bucks. Been, he, you're the star. He has been banged up. He has been banged up, though. Let's. You know what? It's the it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's <sighs> banged up at the end of the year. I, I, I don't see that as much of an excuse right now. He just flat out hasn't gotten it done, in my opinion. And and I like Jimmy Butler. You know, he played for played for Minnesota. He got us to the playoffs. Ended a long drought for us. You know, I'm forever grateful for that. But. He's got to make a change. The Heat need to make a drastic change if they want any chance at winning this series. I personally, I think Boston's going to get it done in game six at home. I think this series is going to end in six. Um, we both predicted in seven, but I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it goes past, past Boston. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to stick with my prediction. I think the Heat maybe figure it out and get to seven, but at this point I will not be surprised if, uh, if it ends in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, and the other series too, pretty much a lot of the same, you know, the Warriors are up three, one, the Mavs did get it done in, in game five or excuse me, in game four, but you know, game five's tonight in San Francisco, Luca's doing everything he can, you know, the Warriors had an off night game four, just I mean, 10 to 28. About this. It's, 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 it's the, it's the Warriors, man. Um, Kirk yeah. Curry is killing it right now. He is locked in, um, as as is the whole Warriors team. Um, I, I think they're going to do it. Yeah, like I said, they you know they just had an off night game four. Didn't really hit the free throws. Didn't hit a whole lot of threes. Um, but you know, on the Mavs side, Brunson continues to play well. Dinwiddie's got to get more consistent with this play. But yeah, I see the Warriors taking care of business in Game Five tonight. And the would, scary thing I, is they'll get a little bit of rest if they take care of business tonight too. They would, yeah, they would. 
you know, and it, it it's possible that if Golden State can end it tonight, Boston ends it tomorrow, it's possible that the the finals could get started before before we even get a chance to do another episode next week. So, you know, that's something to look forward to as well. We'll definitely obviously be jumping into the NBA finals if uh, if that's the case, but yeah, I I I see these series ending this week and I don't see much basketball being on on TV this weekend. <laughs> but what will be on TV this weekend is the college lacrosse championships for division one. Yes. The final four, uh, is always played on Memorial day weekend. The semifinals will be on Saturday with the finals being on Sunday or excuse me on Monday. Before we get into this folks, I just want to tell you how excited I am for this and how much fun this is going to be. So I grew up in Maryland. Lacrosse is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, played in high school before, I committed to swimming because I went to Catawba on a swim scholarship, committed to swimming full-time. But when I told Nick that the College Lacrosse Championships were being played, and I was like, I want to put that on the agenda. I want to talk about it. This man knew how much I knew about lacrosse and the research he did to counter anything I'm going to say in this conversation (laughs) got me so excited. I did my very. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say because – the, I've been following college lacrosse for years and years and years. Um, lacrosse in Maryland is pretty much like football in the South, so I, I'm excited to get into this one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We'll start off with the with the big game this weekend, the number one team in the country, undefeated Maryland, number one seed, taking on the fifth seed, Princeton. Not much to say uh, other than Maryland's a heavy favorite to win, highest scoring team in the nation, 30 goals a game. Next highest is Jacksonville at 25 and a half. So huge, huge gap between Maryland and the rest of the country. Like I said, 14 and 0 undefeated on the year. I mean, just to give you a little background on how good Maryland is since 2011 under coach Tillman, who, by the way, for me, coach Tillman is up there with one of the greats. The Terps have made every single tournament They've gone 26 and nine earned nine championship weekend appearances, 26 wins. They're tied for six all time. Um, under, you know, just behind the great Dave Petromala, who used to be with the uh, John Hopkins Blue Jays. Um, I mean, there's there's not much else to say. Um, for me, it's about Logan. Logan Wiskowskis, uh kid is a beast. Best player um, in the average, country. Best player in the country. Average more, average more assists per game and more points per game than pretty much anyone wearing the Maryland jersey, I mean, the man is a beast. Yep, he was the number one pick in the Premier League, the PLL uh, is for short. Second in the country in goals per game, almost three and a half. Uh, second in the country in points per game at 5.9, just under six. He's a beast, and he's going to be a problem for Princeton and for any either Rutgers or Cornell, whoever they play in the finals. Uh, a little fun fact about uh, Wisnowski, or excuse me, Wisnowskis, the Chrome LC of the PLL <laughs> drafted the number one and number two players in the country for points per game this year in Wisnowskis and number one, Brendan Nickturn of Army. So that's interesting. Uh, the Chrome had the number one pick, took Wisnowskis, number one pick in the second round took Nickturn. So I'm not too too caught up on the Premier League lacrosse or premier lacrosse league but getting the top two point scorers in the country onto your team for next season that's definitely going to help their squad not just that 
there has been a Maryland Terp, a little fun fact for you, has had a hat trick in 55 straight games dating back to May 26th of 2018. Wow. Wow. That is impressive. And Logan has had five plus points in six straight games. And when it's not Logan, they do have an arsenal. It's not just Logan. It's Anthony DeMaio. He has actually had a hat trick in four straight games all postseason. Yeah, I mean, Maryland's top four players are 50-year seniors. Their top yep. four point scorers are 50-year seniors uh, or graduate students, how, whatever you want to con- you know, call it. They just have too much experience, I think. You know, And not only that, they had six players out of 32 total drafted in the PLL this year. That was by far more than any other school. So it's going to be tough. You know, Princeton's going to have their hands full, but I do want to point out, though, on the Princeton side, they are returning eight of their top 10 scorers next year. They're led in goals by junior Alex Slusher, 45, um, senior Chris Brown, no relation, 71 points. He, they got a good team. They're going to be around next year. Um, I, I the don't think Ivy leagues are posting good teams before we get to the other matchup. Three out of the four teams are Ivy league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rutgers I'm sorry. Is two, part of... two of the, yeah. Rutgers is, no, part Ru- of Ivy Ru- league. Rutgers... Rutgers is not, no, they're, they're not. So two of the four, are I would say Ivy Rutgers league. is part of the big 10. Yeah. Princeton and Cornell. Yeah. And then you got two big 10 teams. So yeah, it's really, it's really interesting how it's, how it shakes out for, for lacrosse. And on top of every that top of all that too, excuse me. Princeton also has one of the top goalkeepers in the country. Um, Eric Peters, sixth in the country in saves per game, 10th in save percentage. Maryland's goalkeeper, also pretty good as well. Should be a really good goalkeeper matchup on the in the Maryland-Princeton game. I am very interested to see the adjustments Princeton makes. Um, for those who don't know, Princeton and Maryland did meet earlier this year, uh, late February, um, in College Park. So Terps took that game 15-10. to 10. But, you know, it always helps being able to play a team before you play them again in championship weekend. So I'm very interested to see what the Tigers learn from that game and if they can make any adjustments to stop them. So let me ask you this. What do you what do you see the outcome of this game being and what do you think the final score is going to be? So I think Maryland's going to win. Um, You know, I think what it's going to come down to is who can who can get to double-digit goals first? Um, Maryland has a streak going right now of, uh, I believe, it's 40-something games that they win when they hold an opponent to 10 or under. So I, I think whoever gets to double digits first is going to win. Um, with that being said, I do think Maryland's going to take it. I think they are locked in for championship weekend. Um, we always talk about in sports, experience is everything. So uh, I've got Maryland taking this pretty handedly, uh, four or five goals. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I see Maryland winning as well. I have a final score of 17 to 11. I think Princeton puts up a little fight. I think they, they put some points on the board. You know, they have a couple, couple good goal scorers. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't see, I don't see it being too competitive. I think Maryland, like you said, I think Maryland's going to win it pretty handedly. You said four or five goals. I say six, but yeah, I think we can both agree that Maryland's going to win this by, by a pretty good margin. Um, but on the other side though, I'm not so sure about that. The number six Rutgers takes on number seven Cornell. Like we said, Big Ten versus Ivy League in both matchups. This is going to be a good one. Uh, Cornell finishes season 13-4. and four. Not the greatest team in the country. Uh, kind of the Cinderella story, if you will, of the, of the lacrosse, you know, lacrosse league this year. For sure. For sure. They do have the top goal scorer in the country, John Piatelli. 
uh, 3.53 a game. Very good goal scorer. That could be a problem for Rutgers. They're going to have to contain him. Cornell's just, they're not a great, great team in any one aspect, in any one area. They're a good team, not a great team. But having the top scorer in the country is definitely, definitely a plus for them. For me, it's about Rutgers' defense. Um, they pride themselves on their defense. Um, you know, they have so many, so many people that have just uh, been great defensive. I mean, you have short stick defense middies, you have long stick middies, and they've got four veterans. Uh, I mean, they've all played together. A lot of them are junior, seniors, fifth year seniors. So um, I, I'm definitely interested to see how Rutgers is able to contain him. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to that, too, Rutgers doesn't doesn't really turn it over a whole lot. They, they have the lowest turnovers in the country at only 13.2 per game. So they take care of the, correct me if I'm wrong, is it, is it still a ball in lacrosse? Yep, it's still a ball. Okay, and okay. Not, I didn't know if they had that. a special name for it or anything like that. Well, not just that. Rutgers also has the fourth ranked in the nation for clearing. So it's not just that they're taking their uh, – they're saving the ball. They know how to clear it and get into the uh, offense's hand, too. Yeah, and and they're a pretty good scoring team as well. They're top 10 in the country, ninth in scoring, 22.7 uh, point, excuse me, points per game. Uh, so, yeah, they're, uh, they're, a good, they're a good squad. I, I, definitely, I definitely think they're going to, going to take this one. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be a blowout like the other one, and I don't necessarily want to call the, the other one a blowout, but I think this one's going to be very tight. You know, Rutgers does does have a pretty good goal scorer. Uh, junior Ross Scott scored 49 goals this year. Colin Kirst, pretty good goalie as well, one of the top goalies in the country. He was drafted 24th overall. Um, it's it's going to be a close one. I personally think uh, Rutgers is going to take this one by a score of 14, or excuse me, 15 to 14. I think it'll be a one-goal game. I think it'll be a one-goal game. I think it's going to come down to the end. Um, I think Rutgers will score one in the last few seconds. And I think it's going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. So for me, I, I actually, I'm, and I'm pretty impressed and shocked. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Rutgers. I think they've beaten some big teams. Um, they took down number three, pin uh, 11 to nine. Um, not to mention, they know how to play being down. They were down eight, six, with other 10 minutes left and they just poured it on. So for me, I think it's going to be Rutgers. I think they're going to get their first, uh, first trip to, the national championship. Yeah, and that would uh that would put the put the national championship game as a essentially a repeat of the Big 10 championship, Maryland versus Rutgers. You know, Maryland beat Rutgers twice this season, 17 to 9 and then in the Big 10 championship 17 to 7. I don't see this being too different. Um one thing I do know about being around college sports for for a few years, it does it is hard to beat a team three times in a season. Now, with that being said, we've already established that Maryland's top four scorers are fifth-year seniors. They have a lot of experience. They're by far the top-scoring team in the country. And I see I see Maryland coming out with the victory and winning the national championship. I have a final score of 18-9. to nine. Uh, you mentioned earlier that they've won 40-something straight games when holding opponents to under 10. They held Rutgers to under 10 twice this year. I don't see it being much different. I say Maryland 18-9 to national champion. 
So I've, I also have Maryland first records for my picks. I think it's going to be Maryland. I think it's going to be, uh, I've actually got it 14 to seven. Uh, for me, it just comes down to talent. Um, I think Rutgers is a great Cinderella story. I think they are going to try to keep it tight with Maryland in the first, uh, first half. But I think ultimately in this, at least, <laughs> at least with this game, uh, talent's definitely going to outwin. I, I think you're talking pretty much like SEC versus everyone when it comes to like college football comparison. Um, Maryland is the pedigree. Maryland is the standard. Um, at least they have been the last seven, eight years. And so for me, I've got Maryland winning another championship. Yeah. Like we, like we've been saying, they're, they're by far the best team in the country this year over five goal difference between them and second place. It's, it's, it should be, should be in uh, a nice, nice walk to the championship for Maryland. And for me, it's the coaching uh, coach Stillman is going to have his guys locked in. You know, I'm sure they're hearing all the noise about how they're just going to walk in a championship weekend and, you know, just destroy, um, destroy everyone. For me, it's the, the coaching pedigree. Uh, coach Tillman's going to have them ready to go. And the, stupid thing we keep bringing up the seniors but it's not just seniors it's the talent that the seniors have you know if yeah it, it if one can't get it done the other one will if that one can't get it done they've got three other guys behind them ready to go so for me it's maryland all day um i would have loved to see a couple other teams make it to make it a little bit more interesting definitely liked penn um thought they were going to make it a little bit further but with the teams that are in there now i don't think there's a team that can stop maryland yeah, Virginia was one of the teams that I kept seeing had the chance to to upset Maryland. They did. Virginia's always there. Virginia, you know, they obviously couldn't get the job done. Maryland advanced to the Final Four. Yeah, I, I, I think it should be Maryland by the end of the weekend. Um, the one thing I think Rutgers is going to need to do, obviously, to, to win that if they do get the, to the championship, they're going to have to take care of the ball. The lowest turnovers in the country, they're going to have to keep that up. And if that can happen, you know, they're both top 10 scoring teams. They both score a good amount of goals. I think it could be uh I think it could be a close, it has potential to be a close game if Rutgers can take care of the ball. But yeah, I think, I think it's so much Rutgers taking care of the ball because we know they're going to, it's, they're going to have to get the ball. Um, yeah. And it's going to come down to that face-off circle. You know, Maryland is very, very good there. So um, they're going to have to get the ball in order to take care of it. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't know how many, how many of our listeners have, have seen a lacrosse match in person. I, you know, the first one I seen was at Catawba and I was just blown away by the, by the action yeah. in the game, by the competitiveness. And, you know, a lot of people would probably not consider it too much of a, a contact sport, you know, but there's a lot of contact that happens in lacrosse. Um, those sticks are not light. They're pretty, they're pretty tough. And, you know, those guys are getting, getting smacked in the arms with them, getting hit wherever. And yeah, that's a, it's a tough sport. And I highly recommend if anybody ever gets a chance to see a lacrosse game in person, I definitely recommend you take that chance. For me, one of the toughest people in sports is a lacrosse goalie. And for our listeners who don't follow lacrosse like that, these guys have no padding on their legs. And these shooters are known to bounce. They're known to go low. They're known to do everything they can. And these guys are diving their bodies. It doesn't matter how much padding they have. So for me, in my opinion, one of the cl- one of the toughest players in sports is a lacrosse goalie. Yeah, I mean that uh, a lacrosse ball is 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 
pretty pretty hard and you know the average lacrosse shot comes in about 80 miles an hour so you could just imagine getting hit with a with a hard ball you know it coming in 80 miles an hour Sim- rubber hard rubber hard ball. rubber yeah you know similar similar to baseball but still i wouldn't uh them and hockey goalies man i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to be be a goalie in either one of those sports hats off to those guys i couldn't do it <laughs> So I'm very excited. We'll 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 see where it ends up. Um, but like I said, um, we we love covering sports that don't always get the recognition that's due. Definitely see lacrosse coming up more so in the younger leagues now. Um, you know, uh, for all those who think lacrosse is not that hard, pick up a lacrosse stick and give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guarantee you won't you won't think you won't think that when you're done. Yeah, it's not as not as easy as it looks. For me, it's uh, like I said, any sports that you guys want uh, to talk about that you feel like don't get enough recognition, shoot us a shout out in the comments. Send us a text message. A lot of our listeners know us personally. Um, We love covering sports. I know at some point we might be uh, covering bowling, but um, yeah, we love covering sports that don't get the recognition they deserve. Shout out to lacrosse. Um, They are, they are coming up in the world. Um, They give other people a chance to, you know, progress in college and sports and everything like that. So, um, very, very fun to watch if you haven't checked out a game. And if you guys ever get a chance to go to an atmosphere of that magnitude as the NCAA championship, go because you'll be very surprised at the environment. Yeah, yeah. And like John said, you know, if you guys have any have any other random sports that aren't necessarily considered, you know, a mainstream sport, let us know. You know, if we don't if we don't have too much knowledge on it, we'll definitely do some research and learn about it um, and definitely talk about it. Like you said, we enjoy covering random sports we definitely plan on doing more of that in the future well i think that about wraps us up for today doesn't it nick nice that, and sweet nice yeah. short tweet today yeah that is going to wrap it up uh not too long of an episode today uh like we said earlier semifinals for the lacrosse championships will be saturday with the finals being on memorial day monday make sure you guys check that out if you get a chance and next week still a little bit up in the air um, we're definitely going to cover some nba finals or the nba playoffs possibly NBA finals uh, that might begin before next Thursday. Um, if that is the case, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that. We might have a possible guest joining the show. Um, it's going to be a huge one. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We'll definitely throw out an announcement if that is the case. Um, like I said, huge, huge guest. It would be an honor to have this person. Hopefully we can get that done for you. If not, we'll definitely get it done for you in the future, but stay tuned for that announcement. We'll be putting that out this week. Well, I think that about wraps us up. Thanks for everyone for listening. This has been Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Take care, folks.